1: Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook'em Up, 1019, AM 1260, The Horn.
2: Hook'em Up with Ian B rolls on on this midweek Wednesday, dragging you up over the hump, 21st of February. And a lot to dive into, Rod will have his first rant of the morning coming up, talking Dak Prescott and that uh, new mega contract that looks like it's coming down much as Cowboy fans may not want to hear it, Dak has all the leverage on the Cowboys right now. We'll talk about it. Rod will take you deep uh, behind the scenes there with uh, the rant. Also, we'll hit some bullish BS for the end of the hour. Get your headlines coming up. It will include the Longhorns game out at Dishwalk Field last night. I see a picture that uh, you know was hanging out in the Yeti yard last night,
1: Sark, uh, Rod. Oh, yeah. Who that? Coach Sark? Sark? Yeah. Coach Sark? I saw Sark out there kicking, taking pictures, kissing babies, shaking hands.
2: Hanging out in the Yeti yard.
1: New $10 million man. man yeah. I like that.
2: Man of the people. He says he loves going to the game. Remember, Sark grew up more of a baseball player yeah. than a football player. Baseball guy. Yeah. He's yeah, a baseball player. Mm-hmm. grew up a big Dodgers fan.
1: Yeah. No, I, uh, I mean, I, Sark's got an arm. What did he play? What position? I think he you was know? third base third pitcher. Nurse. Okay.
2: Yeah, he's a he, yeah he was junior college baseball player, mm-hmm. and then uh, two sport athlete in coach C, coach Sark, and yeah, he was out there enjoying the uh, the fun times in the Yeti Yard, and there was a great scene again last time, and this Yeti Yard's already paying like uh, oh, viral sad. viral dividends because. Uh, Rylan Galvan had a huge night and hit his home run right into the Yeti yard, and it, you could just tell it's a group of like college students, frat guys, oh. jumping up and down. Their beers are flowing, <laughs> they're spilling it's
1: everywhere. It's gonna be the spot. Great I, scene, man. They're gonna have to expand it. I tell you, they're gonna expand it really quickly.
2: That was cool. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, so yeah, uh, good good night. Rod's got the rant coming up. We got uh, good stuff on the CFP. Let's get to the top stories, headlines to start the uh, second hour. Top Gun Reynolds and to bring you the top stories. And yeah, we will start out at the dish where 16th ranked Texas nearly broke the program record for hits in a game in a 20-3 wipeout of Houston Christian last night. David Pierce's horns pounded out 24 hits, one shy of that all-time number. Ryland Galvan, we mentioned, the sophomore catcher, he was red hot. Four for five with a double. Homer into the Yeti yard, three RBI, three run, scored three runs. Jared Thomas continued his uh, sizzling start at the top of the lead, uh, top of the order. He went three for five, had a double. Peyton Powell, two for four with a double. Homer and drove in three. Texas now three and one in their first four. They're back at home this weekend at the Dish, hosting Cal Poly for three. Also last night, heck of a midweek matchup in Fort Worth. Fifth-ranked TCU held on for a 6-5 win over Texas State. Good ball game, though. Uh, Steve Trout's team, of course, will be a part of that event out in Round Rock, the Carbot Classic this weekend out there in uh, the Dell Diamond. Busy night on the college basketball hardwood last night. Some great games. Best one out in Lubbock. Pop Isaacs scored 19 points, included an old-fashioned three-point play with 39 seconds to go to lead 23rd-ranked Texas Tech past TCU 82-81. Great ball game there. 11th-ranked Baylor, meanwhile, fell. The 25th ranked BYU, 78-71 in front of a packed house in Provo. Texas Tech, Baylor, and Kansas are now in a three-way tie for third place in the Big 12 at 8-3. They're a game back of Iowa State and two back of first place. Houston, I should say 8-5, not 8-3. and three. Big upset outside the Big 12 last night as a top-ranked team in the land. UConn took their 14-game win streak to Omaha and ran into a Blue Jays buzzsaw. 15th-ranked Cre- 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 Creighton drained 14 threes en route to an impressive 85-66 80, uh, win. Obviously, huge development college football. Came down early in the day yesterday. College football playoff board of managers unanimously approved the new expanded 12-team playoff format beginning in 2024. Format will feature the five highest-ranked conference champions, And then seven at-large participants. No conference will be guaranteed a berth. There will be no limits on the number of participants from any one conference. The four highest-ranked conference champions will receive first-round buys. The eight teams that do play in the first round will play at home uh, on the home field of the higher-ranked program. Quarterfinal and semifinal games will be played in the New Year's Six Bowl games. The CFP National Championship game will remain a neutral site contest. Uh, and as we mentioned, finally, two men have been charged with the murder and last week's shooting that killed one person and injured 22 others following the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade.
0: Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. TopGun.net, we'll shoot you straight.
1: Uh, yeah, I think I think almost every college football fan out there is going to be happy with the new format of the college football playoff um it has a little something for everybody you got your cinderella story in there if you you know you want more uh you know and you want to be more inclusive all right and you want to try to have more of the college football representation than just the the top blue blood programs um if you are the big 12 i think a big 12 is a big winner in this damn thing because the big the big 12 is guaranteed a spot Hell, at one point, we didn't know the, the Big 12 was going to survive when Texas and Oklahoma uh, was announced that they were leaving, and now they have a guaranteed spot in the college football playoff. That's a win for them. I'll even throw that out there for the ACC too, because the ACC right now teetering, because a lot of their uh, blue bloods are thinking about leaving, or they're uh, very unhappy with the current financial agreement in the ACC. So they maybe want to leave too, but they still get the guaranteed power status, therefore getting a guaranteed spot for their champion in the college football playoffs. So. Um, and, and, of course, you're the Big Ten and SEC, you're going to win regardless. Their runner-ups are going to get in every time. There's a chance the Big 12's runner-up could get in, but depending on how highly ranked they are or, you know, if they, if there's an upset there or something like that. But there's a good chance that, you know, the runner-up gets in every year from the SEC and the Big Ten, guaranteed. That's, like a, that's automatic. You won't get the bye because, you know, obviously, you've got to win the conference championship to get the bye. But if you're the runner-up in those conferences, you're in. That's why the SEC and the Big Ten – Ultimately, they'll win, so they'll get three teams each in. What if what
0: if the the runner up in the Big Ten is like a six and six Northwestern, like it has been a few years. ago? That
2: now,
1: that, yeah, right. our amount of our gets in. You
2: mean year. the runner up, meaning like
1: the team that loses in the Big Ten championship game? Yeah, uh, most of the time they'll get in. Well, and remember, and I they'll think, be highly ranked. Uh, uh, the, you know, they're not all, every time.
2: They're all going uniform. I mean, this this is the year, even in the Big Ten, where they're not going to be divisions. Right, it's going to be. By record, so best two yeah. teams will play in the Big Ten championship game. Oh, yeah. that'll be different, too. You're right. Yeah. That's a good point. So there won't be a six-loss team. Yeah. Be, See, they set themselves up. I didn't really forgot about that. Yeah. Mm, that's savvy. Yeah, that's why they're going away yeah. from the divisional mm. format. Aha. Yeah. So you would. So one and two,
1: their runner-up gets. Well, you. and
2: I saw this. Uh, Barrett Saley, uh, Sa- 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 Sally S A L L E. I think it's Saley. Mm-hmm. He's a college football insider, and he put out his projected twelve-team format under the new format, just so you can put visual on it. Doesn't mean this is going to happen. Yeah. Okay. But so essentially Barrett had looked, looks forward and says Georgia wins the SEC and are the number one team. Okay. Which, okay, fair enough. They're going to be preseason like number it. one with Carson back. They win the, ACC, the SEC. Ohio State, he's got winning the Big Ten at number two. Clemson, he has winning the ACC at number three. And then Oklahoma State, he has winning the Big 12 at number four. This wow. is your point about Brett Yormark. Yeah. Props to Brett Yormark. It is. That, that, that keeping the Big 12 alive and adding teams and adding the four corner schools last year when Utah and, excuse me, BYU, excuse me Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, and Colorado are coming. Yep. So now you've got a 16 team. You're one of the, the power four. So your conference champion is in. Barrett Saleh is projecting Oklahoma State with Mike Gundy to win the conference with Ollie Gordon at running back. Okay. okay well, they're in the top four. So those four teams get a bye. Yeah. And they're off. In the first round because they're the achievers of winning their conference, if Barrett Saleh is right. Texas is number five as the highest-ranked non-conference champion. I like that. Having probably lost to Georgia in the SEC championship game. Of course, Georgia and Texas will play in the regular season as well. (laughs) Yep. So if they meet in the SEC championship game. Um, He has Oregon at six. Obviously, that would be the runner-up in the Big Ten now. Right? So you're right about you're, that. You're, so the runner-up in the SEC is Texas. Yep. Runner-up is Oregon. Notre Dame at seven with Marcus Freeman. You know if, they, Dame, if there's a way to let Notre Dame in, they're going to get in. Y'all know that. They, but they can't get in that top four. No. They're, not, they're, they're, they're excluded from the top four because they can't be a conference champion.
1: You're right.
2: So the best they can do is five. But in this case, the uh, hypothetical has them seven. Mm-hmm. Alabama eight, which is another team from the SEC. Uh, Utah, nine, another team from the Big 12. So that's two Big 12 teams. Yeah. Because uh, Utah's now in the Big 12. we got to get used to who's where now. That's true. Ole Miss, so a fourth a... team from the SEC.
1: Okay, so, man, yeah. I can see that, yeah. I Michigan,
2: see that. a third team from the Big 10 mm-hmm. to go with Notre Dame and Ohio State, and then Tulane at 12, the Green Wave winning and being the highest-ranked conference champion from outside the power
1: four, so that makes sense because I would have six teams total probably from the Big Ten, and the SEC, year after year. It's going to being six, six or seven even, six or seven even. He's got seven. It'll yeah, so they win. Man. And that's
2: the, the some will say it's rigged. Well, that's yes, yeah, we want as many teams in this as we can get, but at the same time, half of them will be from
1: two conferences. Yeah.
2: Um yeah. to, which yep. you know you could argue those are the best teams they, anyhow, but exactly. Uh, but you know, the, for the for the argument of what about us? Well, two lanes in. Uh, they, they get their chance to play with the big dogs.
1: It's just Cinderella story in there. Um, well and
2: under this this, this um, you know, hypothetical, Texas would be playing two lane in a home game. In middle of December I'll take at that. DKR.
1: I'll, if you're a low fan, you're like, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. I, ta- <laughs> yeah Michigan take would
2: be playing at Oregon in I, a Big Ten rematch, essentially. Yeah. Uh, Ole Miss would be playing at Notre Dame, and Utah would be playing at Alabama in first-round tournament action. Yeah. Meanwhile, Ooh. Oklahoma State, Clemson, Ohio State, and Georgia are sitting. Yeah. Waiting for the winners.
1: I'm uh, Yeah, I mean, like I said, I – I think ultimately, yeah, you know, you're gonna get six. You know, not everybody's gonna like that, but you're gonna get six or seven teams from the Big Ten and from the uh, the SEC combined, and that's where the that's where the biggest and the most influential brands are now in college football. So that does that makes sense? It is a TV show, guys. So they're trying to, they want eyeballs number one. All right, and the big brands bring the most eyeballs um, but they got their Cinderella story in there Cinderella stories are great we love the underdog in this country and year after year that'll add variety cuz that'll be somebody I can't see a powerhouse from the group of 5 being able to dominate and represent that that level that you know I mean that level year after year I, right now I can't see cuz all of the teams that would have been in that situation they've been trying to get to the power level for so long your U of H is, you know, TCU. SMU would be in a great position to be that team because of the DFW area and their resources. But no, they're like, hey, man, we want to be in the power. We want to be among the power teams in the power conferences. So I don't even know who it's going to be. Boise State, I mean, obviously, could, they're, they're a power when it comes to that level. Tulane has done really well. But they just lost their coach, uh, really Fritz. Um, I mean, U of H would have been great. It would have been a team that could represent year after year from that level because they're in a fertile recruiting ground in Houston and they got resources. They got a sugar daddy in Tim Fetito, but they want to be among the powers. Among the powers. So and now. I don't know who it's going to be now. That's a great opportunity, though, for, like you said, a lot of you know, mid majors. To take over that that spot, that you know, I mean, that level,
2: grow into that power, yeah, uh, and win a conference and be the highest ranked conference champion uh, that puts you into that that number five I overall and position. Check
1: and see who that's been year after but year. But mostly, gonna it's going to
2: be you know they're going to be the twelve seed when it all comes out and the oh, tournament yeah, yeah, Of course. And let's play this out real quick, Rod, Then we'll get to your rant. If let's just take the Barrett sales hypothetical. If the home teams were at all win those first round games, right? Texas beats Tulane. Okay. Oregon beat Michigan. Okay. Notre Dame wins and Alabama wins. So, then you fast forward to the quarterfinal games where it would be played in New Year's Six Bowl game mm-hmm. locations. Yeah. So, it, under this, Alabama would play Georgia as an 8-1 matchup uh, in a, in a, in a, around New Year's, so you in got, and around you know, right, late last of, Jan- yeah. of December. We've got that rematch. Notre Dame plays Ohio State. Oregon plays Clemson. You know, Texas will play Oklahoma State. Come
1: on, man. Oh, man.
2: Old school. Mike Gundy.
1: Oh, oh. No, I'll tell you, that Texas path would have been awesome. Yeah. Texas would have had the path of least resistance.
2: They get uh, Tulane and Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Tulane
1: and Oklahoma State. They'd had two of the lowest rated. Well, I guess Oklahoma State won. The, so, they'd have been in. Yeah, okay, I got you. But
2: still, that'd be great. Yeah, because, again, once the first-round matchups are over on the home field does, of the higher-ranked team. Does the
1: seeding not matter as much then? the seeding still matters then? What does the seeding do for you after that? The seeding just gets you to buy that's yeah. it. And then after that, it is pretty much... Then it's play. It's play, because you had, you had a right. neutral site. Yes. Okay.
2: That, because then it's going to be played at New Year's Six Bowl. Last yeah, night. yeah. So there'll be a Sugar Bowl. There'll be a... Uh, the rows, yeah. however, they they set it How out. there will be a up. peach bowl. There'll be yeah. a fiesta bowl, and it'll be one of these games. And then the following week, there'll be another, uh, the next round, the, the down to the semifinals, yeah. which will be four teams left. Then there'll be the championship Texas game. Texas would have had a really in late easy January path
1: this year. Not an easy path, but it would have been easy. Yes. Yeah.
2: Well, that's the way it plays out. And uh, like it or spike it, as they say on FM DJ
1: radio, Rod. Like it or spike it. I like it.
2: Like it or spike it. Uh, that's I mean, the new hit from Bon Jovi. <laughs> like it or
1: spike it. That's I what mean, it's better around. than what we used to have. I Come agree. on, guys. I agree. That. The, the old system just was, it was it was not it just was not entertaining enough. It just it didn't provide well, enough of an entertaining product.
2: I'll use I'll, I'll, well because it's less football, and I'll give you, you your your career as an example. If they had this when you were playing, you would have oh. played in a couple of playoffs.
1: Oh yeah, my junior and senior year. Yeah. We'd have been in the playoff, baby. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, it'd have been great because we were losing Oklahoma uh, every year, so we couldn't go to the Big 12 championship, so that would screw us. And then even when we would play ourselves back into national contention, and Oklahoma would stumble, and so we'd get a chance, it'd be like that Texas Tech game in 2002 and we lost late, and we still would have had a chance at least to make up college football playoff in this scenario and then get hot again and have a redemption story. So, yeah, it would have been great because it – Oh man, that hurt like hell. When you, that loss you know took you out of championship contention, you had no shot. Yeah. You just got to, you know, settle for a bowl game win yeah. of some kind.
2: All right, let's uh, get to Rod's first rant of a Wednesday.
1: Rod's rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car, any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore.
0: Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it
1: real. Oh my God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's
0: oh, what's you've like done it now. It's proceed? time for Rod's oh. rant of the day. Hold on to
1: your butts. Alright, let's start this rant, talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Now. Dak Prescott is up for a contract extension, coming off his best year ever, second-team All-Pro. I mean, he was in the MVP conversation for the first time in his career, Uh, actually was the the leader, uh, the uh, odds-on favorite at one point for uh, MVP in the NFL. That didn't work out, of course, um, but he had a really good year, and now he's up for a contract extension for the Cowboys. Uh, Jordan Schultz is an insider with uh, Bleacher Report. And Jordan Schultz has a hot take about Dak's contract that's got a lot of Cowboys fans a little uneasy. Let's listen to the take first, and then we'll come back and discuss it.
0: Dak Prescott really had the best season of his career. But you also have Dallas, who still has to pay CeeDee Lamb. They still have to pay Micah Parsons. And obviously, they're going to have to pay Dak Prescott. Now, I've been on the record. I believe Dak Prescott is going to command somewhere along the lines of $60 million per year potentially making him the highest-paid quarterback in football and resetting his quarterback market. He played that well, and really for most of the season, especially that back half of the year, Dak Prescott was the MVP favorite or in that conversation and obviously finished inside the top five. So he really was there throughout. Okay, And then you also have the fact that, again, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, you push CeeDee Lamb down this year, so you really have to pay him. You could wait to pay Micah Parsons because he's now extension eligible for the first time. This was his third season. Um, so there's a lot of moving parts, but I believe considering how well Dak played for Dallas this year, considering the alternatives and the fact that Jerry Jones really wants to win now, doesn't want to have to start over a quarterback and has a tremendous amount of respect for Dak Prescott. I believe that Dak Prescott is going to reset the quarterback market and get in the vicinity of $60 million this off-season. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help. From fit questions to style advice, right now get up to thirty percent off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Damn. Woo.
1: Uh All right, gentlemen. Sixty million dollars. Essentially, it would make Dak the highest-paid QB in the league, um, or at least in that conversation. Do we think the Cowboys are going that far? This is Dak's. This is Dak's time. This is probably the. This is his prime contract. He's not going to sign a, be- a bigger contract than this, considering his age. And Now, he may take his game to another level and start winning playoff games. That could be the case. Uh, but after being second-team All-Pro, after being in the MVP conversation for the first time, he's got a ton of leverage because the Cowboys right now, they're in win-now mode. And they can't win without Dak. Does he get the $60 million? E?
2: Well, I mean, look. You know, I know you don't want to were, play. him but you, well, that's I,
1: different discussion. I, I
2: still wonder if the Trey Lance trade was to, to put some leverage in the Cowboys' side and say, "Look, Dak, if you go too far here, you know, we're willing to move on." Which you know, you play the game of chicken. I don't think they really are, but man, we we, we can't go that, to that level and still field the team. You still haven't done much, and they're not going to say that. You still haven't done anything in January. But, um, yeah, I mean, Dak has has the leverage, without a doubt. I mean, his cap number is almost $60 million. He cannot be franchise tag, meaning he can become an unrestricted free agent next year no matter what. He has a no-trade clause. Uh, so the, the leverage all belongs to Dak. Um, you know, if Dak were to leave him free agency after next season, the Cowboys would still take on over $36 million in dead money. So, yeah, I mean, Jerry has painted himself into a corner here, and – the answer is he's got to attach himself to this quarterback for another five, six years to stretch this this number out. And yeah. I, obviously that's not what Ty or most Cowboy fans want to hear. They've mo- mostly sailed on Dak Prescott, even though he had a great season. But, um, you know, that's really where the Cowboys are. And then you just have to cross your fingers that he figures out this January thing of his. He can yeah. he's not James Harden, right? He can actually figure it out come playoff time. Yeah. And he can be Giannis and all of a sudden have yeah. a have a big January run, which he which will pay the dividend. He has not shown that though through eight seasons.
1: Yeah. Um if you're looking at average annual value of a uh the contract, um Joe Burrow is at the top of fifty five million. There's a uh, Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson there at 52, uh Jalen Hurts at 51, Russell Wilson at 48. This is uh, average annual value of the contract. So, yeah, I mean that's uh that's a big number uh, for Dak Prescott. I'll admit I, I even I um, who was a Dak fan, I think They'd be overpaying for Dak Prescott. Well, there's no it, question, but it, you have nobody to blame but yourself because the Cowboys well, if you, you got had a sh- bad organizational habit of not drafting quarterbacks, and I think that would have given them more leverage. But Trey Lance, maybe that gives them some leverage. I don't know if it does, it, it,
2: you know, if they would really be willing to go there, but it's still going to be a financial hit because you're gonna have to carry Dak, um, you oh, know, yeah. big, big, dead, big piece of dead money this year and next. But I, I don't know, I mean, that's the question. Do you want to do some short term pain here? To, to try to c- come out the other side or do you want to just marry yourself to Dak Prescott for the next half decade or more? Uh, that becomes the, the challenge, for, and I think I know the answer. Yeah, because you can't sell. No, you can't, you can't sell, sell. You can't sell rebuild. the
1: Cowboys product without Dak right now. Yeah, yeah you can't sell. Hey, well, we, got, we got Trey Lance, and we're going to go with Trey Lance for the next two or three years. You well, can't and, sell that.
2: And, and people ask, well, how the hell are the Cowboys working themselves into such a bad situation? Well, they worked themselves here because they, it started back after his third year. Like he just mentioned, after your third year, Micah Parsons, you can start long-term. Mm-hmm. They should have signed Dak after his third year. They should have locked him up to a long-term contract after year three. Yeah, they waited Remember, he was rookie of the year, year one. Yeah. Uh, you know They knew, he, or at least they were saying, he's our franchise quarterback, and they didn't pay him. And so the number just kept going up. And then they worked themselves into the franchise tag area yeah. where Dak had the leverage again. And now here we are. Now you're at the back end of this contract you signed him to too late and now you're you're really up against a wall here with this 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 current situation, and that's again well, and why the last two years in January were the years. These were yeah, the windows. They were the windows, and I think the windows are closed personally. But at the same time, they're gonna you know try to sell that we've reopened them with Mike Zimmer and Dak under a new contract, and uh, I don't know. I I feel like the last two years were their most talented teams they I mean, were gonna have.
1: I mean, they do do have more All Pros than anybody in the NFL, so they they do have a lot of talent. I mean, they have stockpiled a ton of talent and drafted really well. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, Dak underachieved. You get that small Dak energy in the playoffs, uh, not that big Dak energy he had during the regular season. And I'll say ultimately, this this is on the Cowboys because I've pointed it out several times they they do have a bad organizational habit uh, of not drafting quarterbacks, and they've gotten better the last couple of years with Mike McCarthy on uh, in the fold and trading for Trey Lance. But they still drafted the fewest quarterbacks in the NFL since 1999. And ultimately, those chickens come home to roost for the Cowboys because that keeps them from upgrading at that position or having the possibility of an upgrade. You just told the story of you watching the Patriots' dynasty. And the beginning of the Patriots' dynasty starts with them upgrading at quarterback even though they have a hundred million dollar quarterback and deciding you know what there's something about this Brady kid and if he works out man we're gonna have him on a really cheap deal this could really work out for us if he can manage the game and then we can win games with defense they had that discussion as an organization and they upgraded over Drew Bledsoe um and we've seen that happen over you know different organizations right over time the 49ers have done it the you know with with now the Brock Purdy experience over Trey Lance, they tried it with Trey Lance. The Philadelphia Eagles did it right with with you know with Jalen Hurts, and then they had Carson Wentz, and they decided, hey man, we're going to upgrade here. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs famously did it with Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith. I mean, we've seen these stories in the NFL time after time. The Cowboys should have been an organization that possibly. Gave themselves a better opportunity to upgrade at quarterback, but they don't draft a lot of quarterbacks, so you'll never know. And unless you draft that Brock Purdy as Mr. Irrelevant, you'll never know if he's capable of being your upgrade at quarterback. Um, And I think the Cowboys have missed out on those opportunities because – they said they have a bad organizational habit of not addressing quarterback in the draft enough.
2: Yeah, they believe in their guys. <laughs> we like this our. Is, guys. This is our guy. Yeah. Uh, why would we draft another guy? We got our guy. Yeah. This is our guy, even though he's got a ceiling to him, uh, yep. pretty obviously, come January. Uh, you're you know to the your point of Tom Brady, but also brought you just made, mentioned Brock Purdy. You know, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan is on record saying we drafted him. Uh, I drafted him against the objections of all my coaches yep. because they needed players at their positions. Because I liked him and I knew he wouldn't sign with us as a preferred free agent because we already had Lance and Garoppolo. Yep. Uh, his agent wanted to let him come in, and he wouldn't didn't see it. But but early on, Shanahan noticed this is our best guy. Like well,
1: the, glad we drafted him. Glad we drafted him. This is our best dude. Yeah, and, and like you said, <laughs> and owners- you don't find that out unless you, you bring in the player. Yeah, and like you said ownership didn't want to hear that. They didn't want to yeah. hear. It. I was like, yeah, you know what? The third string guy might be our best guy. And he's like, what? Oh, what happened? All the quarterbacks we've been drafting and we traded for, all, we traded picks for quarterbacks. You're telling me that dude is our best quarterback? And the same thing, Belichick had that same discussion with Robert Kraft. Like, yeah, I know you just paid this guy 100 million, but I'm telling you, Brady kid might be our best guy. And he's like, what? Yeah. Talking about that's what that's what when you have a true football guy there, when they can they can give you that accurate evaluation. So I'm with and By the way. Channel still tried to upgrade. He tried to go get Brady in the offseason, even after he got Purdy. Yeah. He was like, he asked Brady, hey man, you want to come out of retirement and come, you know, run a championship with us? And it didn't happen. But you you have to be looking to upgrade that position, even if you really like your guy. It ain't personal. You can like that guy, but you still should be looking to upgrade so that you can, you know, have the best possible chance to win games because that position is so valuable and important.
2: All that and Shannon can- still couldn't beat Patrick Mahomes. Damn. Still couldn't beat Patrick Mahomes.
1: He knew it. That's why he said, I need Brady to do it. I need another guy with a cape. I need to do it who's got his own cape and the only guy that's beaten Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs in the Super Bowl, that guy.
2: Tom Brady. Tom Brady. you will oh, give it to man. me. I
1: need that dude.
2: I need that guy. <laughs> All right. Good stuff right there for sure. And I, you're reminded if you watch, and I did watch the first episode of the, the Patriots Dynasty on Apple, and uh, you're reminded that when Bill Belichick was pulling this where he was, he was going with Brady over the $100 million Bledsoe, when Bledsoe got healthy after the injury, this is what ran him out of Cleveland is when he cut Bernie Kosar 10 years previous. Yeah. Like, this these dudes got st- stones of brass. Yeah, he does. Like, he, he, Bernie Kosar was the, the favorite son of Cleveland. I remember that. Cut him.
1: Yep. Moving but, on.
2: Cut him without a backup quarterback, which led to his demise in Cleveland. Of course, then they moved the team to Baltimore. Uh, but yeah, like not even ten years later, six years later, he's he's again Dead going end. against ownership yeah. and choosing, uh, going not you know not the popular pick, but going with a guy you feel are you know is, is the better player. He cut Bernie Kosar because Bernie Kosar was a bum at the end. I mean, he was hurt, he was banged up, couldn't move. Yeah, you um, overpaying him. You're overpaying yeah, him. Uh, but that was not popular in Cleveland, without a doubt, and this was not popular in New England. But, you know, sometimes to lead and to win, you've you got to do things that are unpopular. exactly
1: right. You've
2: got to do things that are really unpopular. Yeah. If, you're, if you really know football tough and you, decisions. Where you're trying to take it, yeah, make those tough calls. Uh, and the Cowboys are now, you know, they, they've given the player the power. They've given the yep. player the leverage. Exactly and, right. And um, it's going to, you know, be to advantage Dak Prescott. So props to him. His, his agent has played chess against the Cowboys. Wow.
1: Oh, yeah. No uh, doubt. I mean, he's about to get paid. Uh, I didn't realize that kind of number, but if he's he's going to be the highest-paid quarterback in the league then. Yes, he is. If he's going to get that kind of money.
2: We'll be back. Uh, good stuff from Rod's rant. We got bullish or BS for the end of the hour. The great Big 12 basketball last night that was going on. A couple of great games. We'll recap those and where it stands now in the Big 12 as we approach the end of the regular season. We're getting all of it with you on Hook em Up with Ian Rodby. I shot but I
0: did not shoot the dead. Aaron Hogan. Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn.
2: 12-team playoff conversation. It's official, 5-5-7 model with five conference champions, seven at large. Also talking Cowboys and Dak Prescott. This says they make Dak Prescott the highest-paid quarterback. How would they be able to upgrade other positions? Well, making him the highest-paid quarterback would allow them because right now Dak is a $59.5 million cap hit. Yeah. That's what's limiting them from doing anything. By signing him, they would spread the contract out over five or six years, which exactly. would minimize his cap number. But, again, it marries you to the quarterback for another dozen years. they'd
1: probably give him a big bonus, like a guaranteed salary up front, and that would also – that, that get
2: spread a car that
1: would set, that would set them up for a really good uh, salary cap situation because cash over cap basically you get kind of a discount for paying well, think about a it. lot of that contract and guaranteed money up front
2: yeah if he 's got a sixty million dollar hit right now and you lower that down to twenty five i mean that's yeah that 's a lot of savings in exactly. uh, what his cap means you know with under the cap what it means this year. Uh, so yes, you could add, you could resign and start getting the Micah contract. I did like his idea of well let, let's wait a year on Micah because we don't have to sign him to a new deal now. I mean you could. You don't. Yeah, you're right. Um, but same time you got in trouble not signing Dak. You're trying or when to you sign could. these
1: guys earlier so that their value doesn't skyrocket. Because if he has a great year, if he wants Defensive Player of the Year next year, then you're screwed.
2: Yeah, which is why you're hiring Mike Zimmer to him. You want that to happen. You want that to happen, <laughs> but
1: you want to pay for it before yeah. it happens so that you already get a, you know, you're already getting some discount yeah. on that productivity. Because yeah. if you end up paying him like he's defensive player of the year, well, you want guys to outperform their contracts. That's the whole point. Yeah, You sign them to a contract, you want them to outperform it. And the sooner you sign the really good players to a contract, the sooner they'll outperform that contract. But if you pay a player who's already first-team All-Pro, well – you're yeah, getting. He's you,
2: getting max value. you
1: get max value. You're not going to outperform that contract. <laughs> <Yeah>. well, <laughs> that's, that's the whole That's, how that's you,
2: the value yeah. of the rookie deals, yeah, right? Because yes. Because if, if yes. C.J. Stroud comes in, he's oh, out. He's man. outperforming his contract Ooh, already. He right? He's killing it right and, now. And, and to, 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 to be fair, I'm hard on Dak because it was, it was January. Just, Dak was outplaying his contract big time when they didn't sign him after year three, right? As a fourth-round yes. pick, he yeah, wasn't making a lot of money. Yeah. They could have paid him and got him at a lower rate, and they yeah. didn't. They waited and played the long game, and it ended up costing him, and it's about to end up costing him again. Uh, to that to the true. point, yeah, no doubt. Uh, I, I, okay so that you want to you want to pay ahead of the ahead of the, the the high the high cost. Yeah,
1: and the Cowboys. That's why the Cowboys it's have a- done a good job, though. Think about it. All these guys were outperforming their contracts. CD Lamb, Michael Parsons, outperforming his deal. That's what you ultimately want. You want to draft these guys, and then hey, man, we're actually getting a, a dec- uh, we're actually getting really decent value here because these guys are outperforming the deals they're under. But at one point, the bill comes due. Bill comes due. Bill comes due. <laughs> 100
2: percent, 100 percent, especially uh, when you don't achieve, right? When you ha- when you draft like this and you have all these good players and nine all pros, you're supposed to make a run and go to a Super Bowl. Yes. And they have not, and that's, that's the, the, the the really tough spot. <laughs> this, is, this text, a little morbid, but says, uh says, uh, Wake me up when Jerry passes, please. Well, thank you very much. That's there are some right
1: people now. that believe that, yeah, that when Ka- when he is no longer the GM, I ain't going to talk about how that happens, but when he's no longer the GM, and you believe yep. this too, when he's no longer the GM, that's when the Cowboys ultimately will – become a Super Bowl contender again.
2: Uh, this says Joe Burrow also beat Mahomes. Guys, that's true. Joe Burrow, Tom Brady, the only two to go head-to-head with uh, Tom, uh, Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs and knock him off. Uh, that is accurate, and that is true. One other note from that Patriots' first episode, Rod. There's a scene, because it, it took a lot of cojones for Bill Belichick to stick with Brady over um, over Bill, Drew Bledsoe. Yeah. But there's a cool scene that you'll see in the up first episode where he's, he goes to dinner with Ty Law and uh, – she was the other? Loyal Malloy, the two mm-hmm. veteran oh, yeah. defensive backs. Remember, that mm-hmm. that, that team in, in New England was all d- defense was with defensive the heartbeat.
1: Defensive-led team.
2: With yeah. that great secondary and Ty Law and Tom Brady was um, the game Brian Cox. Time. Yeah, okay. absolutely. And they could run the ball. Well, <laughs> this is where you learn of the competitiveness early of Tom Brady, who was a sixth-round draft pick, was at dinner with those two guys. And when, when it was pretty clear Bledsoe was going to be coming back, because you know, Bledsoe missed seven games with that injury he suffered against the Jets early in the year um and Brady told those guys hey I'm not giving this up guys I'm not giving this up meaning the starting job yeah and lawyer Malloy and Ty Law are like okay young buck okay man whatever you think you're gonna you're gonna hold on okay man I like your confidence I like your confidence but uh you know we'll see he's the hundred million dollar (laughs) quarterback you know what I mean and he did what do you know he didn't give it up he didn't give it up because
1: Belichick was in his corner yeah, Belichick's like, no, man, there's something special about this kid. You've got to give Belichick credit for that. People don't, but you've you got to give him credit for that. 100%. Because he, he saw something special when he fought for him, and turns out he was right.
2: He's uh, the GOAT. All right, so we got that. Big 12 basketball last night, tremendous. Uh, we'll get to some bullish or BS on that conversation coming up. Man, I was really uh, into this uh, Texas Tech TCU game. This game was 38 all at half, Rod. It ends up as a one-point win for Texas Tech. This was a great basketball game. Uh, just high-end, high-octane, up and down the floor, really good athleticism. Both of these teams are going to be, be trouble in March, I think. And uh, I say that about Iowa State. I say I mean, it's about a lot of these teams the in Big the Big 12. Big 12. I was going to say it's the Big 12. Yeah. But this, that, that TCU team is as deep as anybody. They've got two point guards. They've got size. They can shoot it. Um, but, you know, you go on the road, you play in Lubbock, that's a tough place to play. Um, but I will give TCU credit. They got down 10 points in the second half, came all the way back, got it to where they almost won that basketball game last night for Jamie Dixon. But in the end, it was Pop Isaacs uh, with too many big plays down the stretch. They're really athletic. And I like their point guard at Texas Tech, Joe Toussaint. He's a really good uh, player. I think he's, off, he's out of New York City. I mean, he's he is oh, wow. a tough dude. Uh, great distributor. Can't stay in front of him. I uh, really like him. He gives them a, a, a toughness at that point guard position. And Pop Isaacs is a really good scorer. So, uh, they slashed to the basket. Good stuff last night in college basketball uh, out of the Big 12. And, yeah, Baylor lost to uh, BYU. That life on the road in the on Big the 12 yeah, so, so. ain't no fun. Yeah, man. Ain't no fun, Rob.
1: I'm saying say just college basketball, period, but especially in the Big 12. And it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, you talked about it earlier. I just wondered, you know, the Big 12. I, I'm, I'm betting the Big 12 seems to be battle-tested when they get to the tournament and you have heavy Big 12 representation. Um, they can easily just, be, just just as well be beat up, too, by the time they get to the Yeah, that's going to uh, be the, the question,
2: tournament. right? Are they, are they worn out or are they sharp and ready to man, get, get, get out of this damn league and let's go play some I think it'll depend tournament games?
1: Your style of play and your, and your roster and how, how deep you are. You're a talented depth. If you're a team that's got some talented depth and you have a signature style of play and a brand of basketball, we were talking about U of H, I think it will help those those big 12 teams, because I think they'll be battle-tested. The teams that don't, which is, I guess I'm kind of pointing at Texas here, I don't know if it'll help them because they don't really have Too a brand. Too inconsistent. Because you're not, you're not sharpening your brand of bas- uh, basketball, right? You're the U you of Age, Oh, they're doing is kind of just keep – they keep defining <laughs> over and over again, reaffirming their style, their brand, no matter who they go up against. And not every team can or, or does that to do 12 play
2: 100 percent and uh you know it looked like it was trending in a good direction um but the guards have had back-to-back really bad games and yeah uh, dylan desu continues to be the one back you know constant kendall weaver with his energy uh dylan mitchell dylan with his mitchell. athleticism yeah but those guards are kind of hit or miss they're up and down and uh, when they're down uh, they have a hard time
1: and they're having slow starts. Yeah. So Texas having slow starts. Playing having from behind exactly all the time. Exactly. Dig themselves out of a hole. Yeah. Um, and that is it's tough to have a, I guess, a style and a brand of play, too, when you're playing from behind all the time, and kind of playing in desperation mode. So, uh, But anyway, as long as they keep winning in the Big 12, they'll they they'll get their shot in the tournament. We'll just see what kind of team they are by the time they get there.
2: Well, and, and to speak of Texas Tech, that's the kind of team I'm talking about, that when they get to March, because of Tucson at guard, uh, he's out of the Bronx, mm-hmm. New York. I mean, he's a super senior. Yeah. Uh, he's a good player. Uh, I mean, they just have good – they have really, uh, you know, talented players. And TCU is really deep. I mean, they're a deep basketball team. Yep. Uh, and that's the other part of this Big 12. It's, it, it's contrasting teams. I mean, uh, styles. We know what Houston is. We know, you know, BYU is more of an offensive team that can really shoot it and spread you out, um, you know, TCU is the best fast-break team in the country. They're not a faster team in the country than TCU end-to-end. I mean, they get up and down the floor. Uh, They're fun to watch. They really are for Jamie Dixon. That was a frustrating one. But, yeah, so there's a lot of different styles. And to your point, we still don't really know what the Longhorn and Rodney Terry's identity is. Like, what is your – style of play not yet it kind of you know depends on the game uh but we'll see you know it's uh, february 21st now this is uh you know long have three more tough road games and two more tough home games they've got to win all of them and they got to win all the home games without a doubt uh to to put themselves into the dance and give themselves an opportunity so we'll follow it as we go we'll come back play some bullish or bs from some stories around the uh, hey, sports landscape including that college football playoff um, you know, decision that is out 5-7, 12 teams starting this year. We're talking about it with you on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby.
1: Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook'em Up,
0: 1019, AM 1260, The Horn. Well, I've heard lots
2: of bullish or BS, BS time. Ty Henderson, our producer, Rod Babers, are you guys are bullish or BS on Bucky's? Bucky's Convenience Stores, are we uh, all in, all out, or what? Neutral.
1: I mm, I uh, uh, um, I haven't. I don't go. I don't go to Bucky's it's, like this. So I don't know. I'm not going to judge. I don't know.
0: It's never I as good judge. as I want it to be. I'll say that. Never
1: as good as
2: I want it to be. That's interesting. What do you want it to be?
0: I want it to be good food, and it's never, it never is.
2: Okay. Well, I'm just um, saying it's that like, It's like the uh, barbecue
0: is like a less- uh, Like, Rudy's is like the middle-of-the-road barbecue in my mind, and Bucky's is one step below that.
1: Okay, yeah. I, get yeah. You. I, don't, I don't. I've never eaten I at Bucky's. I never try to eat there or go shop there, and I don't try to just sh- to get gas there either because it's always packed. Yeah, with the pumps. So I don't really get it. So I won't. I won't judge. I won't judge. I, I'm trying to think the Bucky's I've
2: been to the most, but I mentioned that because uh, City of San Marcos is giving preliminary okay to a Bucky's location, but it's actually going to be right there. If it, when it goes in south of Kyle. So I just heard Don Miller talking about traffic coming out of Kyle and Buda. Oh, it's going to be right there, Yarrington Road, you know where the Thunder Hill Raceway used to be? Mm-hmm. Right across from that, they're going to be in that Blanco Vista neighborhood. They're going to be a Bucky's there, I think. Which man. you know, if you're making your trip down to San Marcos or Texas State, you stop off at Bucky's. Um, could oh. be coming your way.
1: People love it. I I got family members that always, oh, we got to stop at Bucky's. I
2: know and they're I'm bullish, like, man. They're bullish.
1: Whether they need gas or not, they stop But one thing I will give Bucky's credit for, they do have uh, clean bathrooms. The best. And I'm a big fan of places with clean bathrooms. So I've I've heard, go there. They got clean bathrooms. When you know me, I try to
2: there. eat healthy. I will give Bucky's the credit. They do have some healthier food options because you can get, okay. like, you know, cold. You, 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 you don't have to eat all junk food there. There you, you go. I you, got you that. You do a little bit better at yeah. Bucky's. Okay. That's See? true. So you can give um, Bucky some credit. I'll give him some credit. I'll give him some credit. That <laughs> uh, <laughs> They do have some good stuff. And, you know, you can get your, your damn Christmas shopping there if you wanted to. And I give that guy props. Man, people love it. It's, <laughs>
1: talk, about, talk about marketing and, and the proof that marketing works. It is, but it's word of mouth because I don't really see them advertised.
2: Oh, they don't. It's
1: all don't billboards. Advertise. It's all yeah, billboards. Yeah, they're Bill- I guess they advertise for billboards. Clever
2: billboard signs.
1: Yeah, man. They do a good job of just kind of marketing promotion. But either way, uh, not my thing, but, hey, I won't judge it. Um, all right, uh, Bullish or BS. Did you see Wimby's? Did you see Wimby's dunk um, that he had last game? I uh, did not. Oh, it was freaky. It looked like somebody Space Jam. I mean, it was. It, it didn't. It just didn't look like he was gonna end up dunking the basketball, and he ended up pulling like a. I don't know some M M J uh, <laughs> Doctor. Uh, it was some really freaky like Mister Fantastic type move that he did, where he just sh- it looks like he doesn't have the length to get there, but he ends up getting it there anyway. So I would encourage like stretchy him, man. man. <laughs> yeah, man, it was crazy. Like I said, it was Mister Fantastic stuff. Um either way, he's uh, he signed a new deal. Uh, Bullish or BS? You guys are cool with this? Louis Vuitton. Yeah, I think a billboard. The newest ambassador for Louis Vuitton. Man, it mm-hmm. was the last time I was a basketball player. I'm sure it's happened, but. Yeah, Louis Vuitton, endorsement? Yeah, man. That's pretty badass. You know he's, uh, he,
2: he's a Frenchman and uh. Uh, uh, likes his style and his wardrobe. Louis Vuitton for, uh, for Wemby. Uh, you know, of course, the NBA still off on their all-star break till Thursday, getting back to playing games. Bullish or BS, right? I don't know how big of a, a Beatles fan you are, the band The Beatles, the great Beatles, uh, tie two. But this is pretty cool. Uh, so this just got announced. This is big for, for music fans and people who love The Beatles. A biopic film series. Is in the works from the director of Skyfall. Sam Mendes is going to make four different movies. Each one of the members of the Beatles, Paul McCartney, John Lennon, George Harrison, Ringo Starr, are going to get their own biopic film made by Sam Mendes, told from their and kind of telling the story of their life. Wow. Um, Four films, one from each perspective. They're going to hit theaters in 2027. A uh, specific schedule has not been announced, but it's the first time. This is significant. It's the first time that Paul, Ringo, and the families of John and George have granted full life story and music rights. So you can actually tell the full story and play the music. To I mean, You can't do a biopic of the Beatles and not be able to play the music of the Beatles. That's,
1: uh, that's interesting.
2: That's a pretty uh, bold undertaking um, because, you know, I think that's pretty cool. I'll end up seeing all of them.
1: Yeah, I like, are they coming out? Like, uh, are we talking about around the same time? Are we going? Says
2: they will. They will hit theaters twenty twenty seven. I don't know if this is like some kind of superhero thing, but yes, it's going to be four different biopics, all done by the director Sam Mendez, and one from each perspective of each member. Is he shooting
1: them simultaneously?
2: That's what I don't know. I, I, I'm assuming. Right. I'm assuming you would get four actors
1: to play each of them in different and, stages of their lives. And, and they're in, are they inter- And they're interacting. These actors from the biopics interacting. That, that with I, each other, you know I mean? In their biopics, in their respective biopics? Oh, well, that would be good. Crossover? Yes, so I'm saying, they, Well, they have to, right? You've got to interact with the, with the other Beatles. Yeah, you have in to. In the movies. Yeah. Are those other Beatles going to be the actors from the other biopics? That's a, watch, cause that is, that's a pretty in depth project, if yeah. that's the case. If you're gonna do that,
2: yeah, the the project will come more than fifty years after they broke up, forty years after the death of John Lennon. This wow. and um, each will have their own. And I I'm assuming they intertwine. At, it's got at some it points within
1: each one. And why why would you hire new actors to yes. be the different Beatles and all the biopics? I'm assuming they're all in each other's biopics as does Beatles. It's just. The stories, probably all the same stories, just going to give you the different points of view. Well,
2: and we know there's an, uh, a Michael Jackson biopic in the works and that's supposed to be coming. I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't even know who's starring as Michael Jackson in that one. And, you, well, you'd have to find several different characters to play the stages of his life. That's very <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah, have depend on what sta- yeah. stage of his life you're talking yeah. about. You uh, also, and of course, the Bob Marley one love film is uh, is out and it's doing very well. The Taylor Swift "Eras" two mature movies. So this is following the trend of. You know, biopics and music picks. The, the Queen biopic did very well. So pe- pe- people are into them. And obviously there's a, a, a global fandom of Beatles fans who will see each one of these.
1: No, I like the, I like the idea of it. It's, like I said, it sounds like a difficult project to pull off. It does. Um, and I wonder how long it's going to take them. And I wonder, like I said, I wonder if, if it will be the, all the same stories just from the different points of view. Or if they'll have different plots. And different stories for each biopic. Well, if it's told from their perspective, it's going to be kind of their
2: story. Huh? And, um, you know.
1: Yeah, I know, but I'm saying are we telling the same? Like, are we, like, say they. There is a significant moment. That significant moment will be in all of their biopics. Yeah. But it'll just be from the point of view of that.
2: Ooh, that would beetle, be. That's right? The Hollywood reporters got this story. I don't know how you know in I mean? depth, but that is very interesting. There's a lot to like about that. Like the idea. Yoko,
1: the Yoko Ono, like that. That to me is going to be everybody's doing perspective on Yoko. Yeah. Like that's going to be big, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. That's huge. And you just played uh, Eric Clapton earlier this hour, Ty. I mean the. The Eric Clapton, George Harrison story, of course, because Eric Clapton was in love yeah, with George see? Harrison's wife.
1: Yeah, exactly. That you got to have all, heart. all that. His, that's that's got to be in all the biopics and then everybody's perspective on it. That's fascinating. That would that, This is a big undertaking. I, and the, the, I'm intrigued. the casting's going to be, I mean, that's that's so make or break it. Yeah. I mean, a biopic like that with well-known iconic figures, you've got to get the casting right. Yeah. And for a
2: band to, this popular and this known. You've right, man. Yeah. And you got to. Oh, that's gotta t- be a you got to tell good stories. Yeah, it's oh, they a bold got, of those. they that's got pretty close. Cool. Yeah. I'm bullish on it, though. I'm I am bullish on it. it. I, I think that'd be great. It's going to be fun. All right, We'll come back. Uh, by the way, they've already done a lot of movies on the Beatles. I mean, there's been a lot of documentaries and behind the scenes and all these things, and they, they always hit. They always hit me. I think
1: that's good. This seems like this might be something special, though. I like it. I like the idea of it.
2: Hey, yeah. we come back. It's uh, hour three of our five hour Wednesday conversation. We'll include the headlines, including that. Uh, Big offensive explosion at the dish last night for Longhorn Baseball. Also, uh, more on the college football playoff. Rod's got uh, us behind the burn orange curtain talking NFL draft and the Longhorns. And we'll be at the turn, bottom of next hour, halfway through this Wednesday conversation on 1019 AM 1260, streaming on the Horn App and always at HornFM.com.